down the runway, picking up speed. Ground moving fast underneath me. The wheels come up off the ground, high in the air where the birds abound. Some fly fast and some fly slow on the Peter Porter Show. Hi everyone, Captain Abel here, and welcome to the beautiful Grand Mountain Air Base, nestled snugly in the Grand Mountains, halfway between Kalaroo and Upakatakwa. In today's story, Charlie happens upon a distressed aircraft trying to make its way to an air show. Will Charlie put his own safety first, or will he be a good Samaritan? It all happened on an early spring morning as three AT-6 Texans were flying cross-country to get to the Air Venture Air Show. Locomoco to Big Bopper. Come in, Big Bopper. Over. Big Bopper here. What's up, Loco? Yeah, Bopper. I don't mean to scare you or anything, but you might want to check your gauges. You got a trail of something streaming out from under your cow. Crazy out of here, Bopper. Yeah, I see that too. Might be cooler. Let's see. Gas is good. Hydraulic pressure is good. Coolant is good. Oil is good. Wait a minute. Oil is dropping. Guys, that's my oil. I've got a serious problem. Big Papa, we are in the middle of the Grand Mountains. Now you can either fly another hour to Upacataqua or head back an hour to Kalaroo. I don't think I have an hour, fellas. I might have to ditch. Can you see a lake or anything around here? Now hold on, Papa. Don't say anything crazy like that. Now if I recall, there's an old air base somewhere in the middle of the Grand Mountains. I'll see if I can find it on my sectional. Well, hurry, Eddie. I think I see a lake to the south here. It might work. Now, at that same time the Big Bopper was having engine trouble in his T-6, Charlie Faith was just returning from checking out a reported fire for the Forest Service. This was one of the many jobs that pilots from the Grand Mountain Air Base performed. Peter Yankee Zulu to Grand Mountain Air Base, come in, over. Colonel Pickles here. Is that you, Charlie? Roger, Colonel. I just wanted to report that that smoke was a steam pocket. There is no fire. Copy that, Charlie. I'll put some message on to the fire chief. It was just then that Charlie saw the smoke trail from the distressed T-6. Uh, Colonel, I just picked up a pretty heavy smoke trail heading towards Upacataqua. I'm gonna check it out. Charlie, how's your fuel? You've been out there for quite a few hours. I'll just be a few extra minutes over. So, Charlie and his plane, Peter Porter, headed off chasing the smoke trail, and it wasn't too long until he caught sight of the three AT-6 Texans. All right, Papa, I found it. Grand Mountain Air Base, elevation 5,000 feet, one runway 4,000 feet. Should be due north, I'm guessing about 20 miles. Got it. I'm dialing in the frequency now. Look, Bapa, I've got to get to the air show before registration closes, you understand? So, uh, good luck, fellas. Locomoco out. And just like that, Locomoco headed on his way. Bapa, you see those mountains dead ahead, don't you? Those two are huge. I don't think I'm going to have the power to get over them, or the time to go around them. This is Peter Yankee Zulu to AT-6 Group. Do you copy, over? I sure do copy. What's your status, over? I'm losing oil pressure. I'm trying to get to a place called Grand Mountain Air Base. Do you know where that is? 
Absolutely. That's where I fly out of. Woohoo! You've got it made, Big Bopper. Good luck, Crazy Eddie out. Hey, Crazy Eddie, you can stick around a bit, can't you? Crazy Eddie? Don't worry, buddy. Just follow me and let me know how that oil pressure is. I'll tell you right now, I've got no way of getting over those two peaks. Well, we're not going over them. There's a passage through them. My name's Charlie, by the way. Charlie, call me Big Bopper, or Bopper for short. Charlie led Big Bopper into a narrow gap between the mighty Mount Colossus and the slightly smaller Flat Top Mountain. This is kind of a tricky passage, so watch my lead. You snooze for a second and you're a was. I'm right behind you. Through the winding pass, the two aircraft flew. Charlie in his beloved aircraft Peter Porter and the Big Bopper flying his failing AT-6. Left and right, port and starboard. As long as Big Bopper watched Charlie, he stayed far from the canyon walls. Finally, they came through the gap between the two giant mountains giving way to hundreds of smaller peaks that make up the Grand Mountains. And somewhere, just a few leagues from where they were, lay a tiny mountain airbase. Charlie, my oil pressure just hit zero. My engine temperature is starting to spike. Copy that, Bopper. You're gonna have to push that engine till it can't go anymore. Just don't let it catch fire. How far do we have to go? Oh, say, ten minutes and we'll come to a clearing and the runway. So as long as I'm overheating, I'm gonna catch a little more altitude. So Charlie and the Big Bopper climbed just a little bit higher, hoping that they could turn that altitude into airspeed. Airspeed that would get them to a long, smooth runway, not a forest of trees or a mountainside. And then it happened. As the steel inside the Pratt Whitney R1340 grew hotter and hotter, running without oil, it began to expand. And as it expanded, it created friction. And as it created friction, it grew hotter and expanded more until very suddenly, the pistons ground to an abrupt halt. I just lost my engine, Charlie. I copy that, Bopper. Trim for maximum glide ratio. I don't see any runway yet. It's out there, but it's going to be close. You might want to ask the big guy for a little extra help. Oh, I've had the big guy on speed dial ever since my oil pressure started dropping. Now, I don't know your flying background, but just to remind you, you probably won't touch those flaps. And don't drop your gear until you're over the trees and you know you'll make the runway. Otherwise, you just land gear up. You don't have a fuel dump on that, do you? Negative. And don't worry about offending me. I'd rather you tell me exactly what to do than watch me crash. The next few minutes were the quietest minutes in Big Bopper's life as his heavy World War II trainer cut silently through the air, all the while dropping closer and closer to the ever-approaching forest beneath him. 5,900 feet, 5,800 feet, 5,700 feet. The texture of the treetops became all too clear just five or six hundred feet below him. I see the runway. I'm calling the tower. Grand Mountain Air Base, this is AT-6 Bravo Tango Foxtrot. I've got a mayday, dead stick on final approach. Request emergency vehicles on standby. 
Roger that, Bravo Tangle Foxtrot. We've been listening and rescue vehicles are already in place. One mile to go, but without the engine running, the AT-6 was dropping too fast. Charlie wanted to request fire vehicles to park at the edge of the tree line in case the big bopper didn't make it and crashed in a giant fireball. It could start a nasty forest fire if the vehicles weren't immediately prepared to put it out. But he imagined how it would make the big bopper feel to hear him request fire vehicles, implying that, well, Charlie had to fight to keep himself from making the request. Half a mile to go, big bopper. You're doing great. I don't think I'm gonna make it, Charlie. Just 10 more seconds. My stall alarm is going off. Keep it level. I'm gonna hit that big tree. Then hit it with your nose. Ah! Big Bopper snapped off the top of the last pine tree and began to drop from the sky over the tall grass just before the runway. He pulled back on the stick as hard as he could just before impact and leveled the wings in the nick of time. Yeehaw! That was a perfect pancake landing, Bopper. Big Bopper was so shocked he couldn't speak for a moment as he caught his breath and assessed what had happened. Outside of any engine damage, he had landed in the tall grass and barely received a single dent. The shiny two-blade propeller had even stopped turning horizontal to the ground, so the blades weren't even bent. Finally, his tired, relieved voice replied, Thank you, Charlie. I couldn't have done it without you. This is Colonel Pickles. That was one fine piece of flying, Big Bopper. And thank you, Charlie. Say, Charlie, how's that gas gauge looking on Peter? Charlie had been paying so much attention to getting Big Bopper to safety that he'd completely neglected his usual duty of monitoring his own. Uh, Tower, this is Porter Peter Yankee Zulu on emergency dead stick approach. Not again, Charlie. Good luck, Charlie. Now, some pilots might count on luck, and other pilots might count on skill. But Charlie had accumulated so many hours and been in so many situations in Peter Porter over the years that what he did in the next 20 seconds came completely natural to him, even if your average pilot might have augured into the dirt halfway to the runway. He was just past the far end of the runway, and only a couple hundred feet high, but he threw in hard right aileron and right rudder while letting the nose point mostly down to keep up his airspeed. He made 270 degrees of a right turn and leveled off at 50 feet, coming in at a 45 degree angle to the runway. At about 5 feet high, Charlie stepped on the left rudder pedal when he reached the runway and touched down on one wheel, while still making his bank. With just a short amount of runway left, he rolled off the beginning of the strip and stopped, nose to nose, just feet away from the Big Bopper. Charlie climbed out, just as Big Bopper climbed out, and the two men greeted each other with a firm hug. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. You saved my life. Don't forget about the man upstairs. I think he carried you that last hundred feet. I honestly I thought... I think you're right, too. It felt like something carried me that last hundred feet. Well, there you go, then. Big Bopper wouldn't make it to the Air Venture Air Show as planned, 
He had scored the pistons on three of his cylinders and would need them repaired before he would be on his way again. But he had discovered something about himself, that he could face the toughest circumstances and make it through. Something about his other two friends, that they were more concerned about themselves than anyone else. Something about God, that even in the strangest circumstances, he still performs miracles and had made a new friend he knew he could depend on no matter how rough the road ahead may be. This is Captain Abel saying farewell for now from the beautiful Grand Mountain Air Base halfway between Upa and Kalaroo. Texans was written, directed, and voiced by David Schwartz. Peter Porter theme song written by Holly and David Schwartz. All locations and personalities are purely fictitious and represent no real or implied entities. Peter Porter is the intellectual property of David Schwartz and is available from thesecondlevel.com.